And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend. Um, I really apologize that there was no episode. Uh, excuse me, I'm still, I'm still getting over the flu, guys. Got a pretty bad cough. <coughs> but yeah, I apologize that there was no show on Wednesday. Um, it was actually the first show I missed since June, which I'm pretty <laughs> happy with that. I went back and looked the last time I missed an episode. Yeah, it's been over six months, so it's, I guess, almost eight months now. Um, so yeah, hey, I'm the most consistent dude in the business. Okay, you got to appreciate it. I've not missed a show in eight months. That's pretty impressive. You should give me a pat on the back for that. But anyway, regardless, I apologize for missing the show on Wednesday. I'll try to not miss any more shows anytime in the foreseeable future. Uh, probably, you know, vacations and stuff this summer. I might miss a couple, but <coughs> other than that, I should be with you every Monday and Wednesday on schedule. Uh, but yeah, we have a lot to cover, obviously, <laughs> since I haven't done a podcast since last Monday. A lot to cover. But before I get to any of it, I need to say hi to our sponsors over at Premier Vapor. If you smoke and want to quit or if you vape already, you need to check out Premier Vapor. They have the largest selection of premium e-liquid anywhere in the country. They have any kind of mod, battery, tank coil, anything you need for your vape setup, they have. They have physical stores in Perrysburg and Holland, Ohio. If you're in Northwest Ohio, check them out in person. If not, go to PremierVaporAndLounge.com. That's PremierVaporAndLounge.com. Come on, guys. It's time. It's past time to quit smoking cigarettes, start vaping. You kind of look like a douchebag, but hey, you're not giving yourself cancer. So, you know, there's there's pros and cons. Anyway, PremierVaporAndLounge.com. Uh, they really are the best in the business. They'll give you free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. Definitely check them out. And if you haven't already, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. All right, a lot to get to today. A lot to get to. Well, you know, first, hey, it's President's Day. Happy President's Day, everybody. It's a weird made-up holiday invented to kind of celebrate a combination of the birthdays of George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. Um, I mean, they should just call it Washington Lincoln Day or something like that. Because I don't know, whatever. Anyway, it's weird. Kids don't have to go to school. I guess everybody goes to work, right? I guess like teachers don't go to work, but. And probably people at banks. Yeah, I think the banks are closed. Stock market's closed. But yeah, everybody else is at work. I don't really, you know, I don't know. It's not even, if everybody still has to go to work, is it really a federal holiday? I don't know. What, whatever. But anyway, uh, you know, your annual reminder that Calvin Coolidge uh, was the greatest president in U.S. history. That's uh, not up for debate. So don't at me on that. Uh, yeah, Silent Cal, the greatest president in the history of the country, bar none. All right, anyway, let's jump into the news of the day, or in, in today's case, the news of the week, since I haven't been with you for an entire week. Wow. Okay, so Trump caved on the border once again. The GOP caved on the wall and border security once again. Trump signed into law the new spending bill funding the government until October 1st. Um, the bill includes some amnesty for illegals, um, protections for people that are here illegally, and only gives the president one point three. 
uh, 1.375 billion rather dollars for uh, the border wall. He was looking for 5.7 billion. He got one point, you know, close to 1.4 billion. It's a huge loss for the president. It's a huge loss for the GOP. Um, it, it, it's just not good. Look, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. It's not good. However you feel about the wall, the GOP has been unable to get anything out of the Democrats. It really is pathetic. Trump caved again. He said he wasn't going to. He did. It's a big loss for Trump. Um, you know, he claims to be the great deal maker, and he has. He's negotiated some trade deals. He's negotiating with China now. Um, the new uh, trade agreement with Canada and Mexico that will eventually replace NAFTA looks pretty good. Um, but when it comes to negotiating with Democrats, especially on border security, he has not been effective. You know, that's definitely, it's probably been the most disappointing part of the president's tenure so far. He's not gotten good budget deals. I mean, the the budget is nowhere close to being balanced. We're still spending out the ass. And I mean, look, he wanted originally two years ago, he wanted $25 billion for the wall. At the beginning of this year, that number was down to $5.7 billion he wanted, and he walked away with $1.4. That is just not good negotiating i mean that's just that's really piss poor negotiation um yeah it's if you're a conservative if you're a republican it's really hard not to be upset over this deal um it's it's not good it's not good the president did not get what he wanted um and also you know he's in some dicey waters too because also on friday uh when he announced via a press conference in the rose garden that he would sign this spending bill the president also declared a national emergency um, to secure the southern border, and he claims this will free up around $8 billion for border wall funding. Um, however, the White House will immediately be sued, and this will be caught up in the courts for months, maybe years. Um, this is going to go straight to the Ninth District Court of Appeals, which is just an absolute shit show down there in the southwest. I highly doubt that Trump is going to actually get a dime of wall money. Um, out of this uh, declaration of a national emergency. I, I just don't see it happening. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it goes all the way to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court agrees with the president. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I'd be very surprised if this tactic works out. It is very interesting, though, after President Trump declared a national emergency to secure the southern border, people on the left shockingly remembered that the Constitution exists, right? <laughs> and they said that Trump is abusing his power. He's uh, He's acting outside of the Constitution, um, which isn't necessarily true. I mean, well, I, I agree that he shouldn't be declaring a national emergency like this. I don't think the, any president should have the power to do that. I think it is executive overreach, and it's on its face unconstitutional anyway. But Congress decades ago gave the president sweeping power to declare national emergencies and things like that. The president has just wide-ranging executive authority on these matters. Um Mike Lee, this, the Republican senator from Utah, said it best. He said what, what Trump did was perfectly legal, but it probably shouldn't be. And it probably is constitutional. But uh, based on the precedent of, of recent presidents, it is legal. I mean, he's not doing anything out of the ordinary. You know, this is Trump's third declared national emergency. Um, President Obama declared 13. Uh, George W. Bush declared 12. Bill Clinton declared 17 national emergencies. We have something like 31 or 32, I believe, current active national emergencies. So I, I don't believe that President Trump or any president should have the authority to do this, but it is perfectly in line with the last several presidents, how they use their executive authority. He's not doing anything that, that Obama... You remember, Obama used executive action on DACA, right, to say that all these, these, uh, these people that were brought 
illegally to the United States as children, um, you know, quote unquote, of no fault to their own, um, can't be deported. And that that was, you know, a, a use of executive authority. And I didn't like that. And I don't like this. But Trump certainly isn't doing anything out of out of step with recent presidents. So it's not it, it, is, it is funny. I mean, maybe the, the leftists will actually read the Constitution now that they they remember that it actually exists. And then it'll lead them to the realization that they can't, you know, confiscate your guns and your cars and and, st- and stuff like that. So, hey, maybe some constitutionality will come of all this. I'm not holding my breath. But um, look, I, I think that neither side is is serious at all about securing the border. And I've seen all the finger pointing like uh you know the, the Trump supporters, a lot of Republicans are just blaming the Democrats. They won't give Trump anything, they won't negotiate, which is true. You know, and then a lot of Trump supporters are just blaming, you know, Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, the the GOP leaders, saying, "Oh, well they couldn't negotiate." You know, with with, with the Democrats. And every, it's just everyone is at fault when it comes to securing the southern border. Everyone is at fault. Neither party really wants to secure the border very much. I mean, that's clear. It's clear as day to me that both parties love using immigration as a campaign issue. Democrats like campaigning on open borders. Republicans like campaigning on securing the border. But neither one of them really wants to do anything. It's just talking points. It's just campaign issues. No no side has, has done anything in decades, decades, several decades in terms of securing the border. And with this deal, both sides will claim victory. Trump will claim victory saying, well, Nancy Pelosi said uh, that she wasn't giving me one single dollar for the wall. She gave me $1.4 billion. And whether the declaration of a national emergency works or not, Trump will say, well, look, Congress wouldn't work with me. I declared an emergency because I care about keeping my promises. I care about building the wall and securing the border. I'm doing everything I can to, to fulfill that campaign promise. So he probably won't actually get anything done. But he'll still claim victory and say, look, I, I'm fighting for you. And then his base will like that. And then the Democrats will say, see, look, like he wanted five billion. We only gave him one point four. You know, we really showed him. So we won. So both like both sides claim victory. Both sides move on. The wall doesn't get built. <laughs> the border doesn't get secured. Both sides complain about it. Both sides campaign on it. And that that's that's really all there is. That, that's really all there is about it. And. You know, it really bothers me that both parties are so transparent at this point that this is just, these are just talking points. Border security is just a campaign issue because we're talking about human beings here. Okay. Like, I hate that nothing is going to be done in the near future on immigration because these are human beings. These are not talking points, right? Like, the women who are raped every day by the coyotes who are illegally smuggling them into the country, it's something like 30 or 40% of women who are brought into the country illegally are raped on the way through Mexico, right? Like, these are human beings. Like, the Americans who are killed every year by illegal aliens are human beings. Like my friend Isaac's brother, Giovanni Moreno. Giovanni was a human being, guys. Like, his children, who are now growing up without a father, are human beings. Like, these are human issues. I mean, the people that are waiting in line who, who you know, that need amnesty or that have done it the right way and are waiting in line to become citizens because there's so many illegal alien issues to deal with. Like, these are human beings. It's not fair to these people. These are human beings. But neither party, the GOP or the Democrats, really care. These are just campaign issues for them. It's, a, it's an easy, juicy, red meat to their base. It's just something to campaign on. These people don't care. 
They don't care about the human element behind immigration. Okay? And it's not fair to these legal immigrants that are waiting in line. It's not fair. It's not fair to the victims of illegal immigrant crime. It's just, it's, it's not fair. These are human beings. This isn't, this shouldn't be a partisan issue. It really is disgusting. And look, it, I, I just think that Trump took such a hit also with this, this government shutdown last month that neither he nor the GOP leadership had the stomach for another shutdown fight. The last government shutdown was the Democrats' fault. Like, it really was Chuck Schumer's fault. He would not even come to the table and negotiate with Trump. But, of course, because the media are are the propaganda arm for the Democratic Party, they blame Trump, they blame the GOP, as they always do. The uh, Republican president always gets blamed, and if there's a Democratic president, they blame the GOP Congress, right? And I just don't think the GOP had the stomach to go through that again. Trump saw his approval rating go down during the government shutdown. And then when he reopened the government, he saw his approval rating go back up. Okay, and that Trump is a man who cares very deeply what, what people think about him, whether whether he admits it or not. And so I just don't think he had the stomach. I don't think that the GOP leadership had the stomach to go through it again. And that that's a shame because I think this is an important issue. I think immigration is something that is worth shutting down the government over. Right? I, I think that it is important. Like I said, these are human beings you know, on, on both sides of the issue that are suffering and that need, we do need immigration reform, right? And so, I don't know. I, it, it's disappointing. If you're a conservative, it's hard to, hey, look, if maybe you're happy with this agreement. Yeah, tweet at me, at No Gimmicks Pod. You know, if you're happy with this this deal, this, you know, quote-unquote compromise. But I don't know. I, I don't see, as a conservative, I don't see how you can come away with, from this, you know, with anything other than uh, extreme disappointment. All right, I want to move on. I, uh, I haven't answered your guys' questions in a while on the show, so I want to do some listener mail. Um, I had some good questions today. Um, let me check Twitter real quick. They're still coming in as I'm recording, so I don't want to miss any of the good ones. Um, let me see. Let's do some listener mail. All right, this is from Justin. What are your thoughts on the Jussie thing? <laughs> uh, Jussie. Is it Juicy or Jussie? Jussie, I believe. Um, obviously referring to Jesse Smollett, um, the actor on the show, what show is he on? Uh, Empire. He's a star of the show Empire. Not sure what network network that's on. I don't really watch a lot of TV. Um, don't really know what that show's about or anything, but anyways, an actor from Chicago that if you guys remember a few weeks ago claimed that at two in the morning, uh, on the streets of, of South Chicago, uh, two white guys wearing MAGA hats, uh, beat him, attacked him in the middle of the night, beat him up, uh, tied a noose around his neck and poured bleach on him and uh, yelled, quote, this is MAGA country. Which, by the way, guys, just uh, when you saw that story a few weeks ago, if you believed that for five seconds, you're a, you're a fucking idiot. MAGA, it's, he was in Chicago, Chicago, Illinois, one of the m- farthest left cities in our great nation. Okay, love Chicago. It's an extremely liberal town, guys. MAGA. Nobody's ever said it's MAGA country in Chicago ever in the history of Chicago. This story was not even believable. But, you know, it turns out uh, that story was not believable because it was completely false. Jesse Smollett um, actually paid two of his friends who were actually bodybuilders from Nigeria. They're Nigerian immigrants um, to fake the attack. (laughs) He, He paid his two Nigerian friends, black guys, obviously to fake an attack um, 
and uh, yeah, these two guys were arrested. It, apparently, they they flipped on Jesse, um, probably to avoid prosecution themselves, and admitted to it. Um, it shows that uh, Smollett paid for the rope, paid for the bleach, um, you know, and paid these guys. It was something like three grand or something total to orchestrate this this false attack. Um, apparently, just to I don't know, gain some fame, gain you know, I don't know, gain some sympathy. Uh, and I mean, this is good. I'm glad that this man, uh, obviously he belongs in jail. Uh, obviously there's laws against falsifying police reports. There's laws about lying to investigators. He deserves to go to jail. I'm glad he wasn't beat up in a hate crime. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he was not a victim of a anti-black, anti-gay. He, uh, he's also gay. He's black and gay. This actor, Jesse Smollett, you know, I'm, I'm very glad he was not actually hurt. You know, that, a, that a hate crime, uh, did not actually take place. Um, but the media is is not. <laughs> the media has a serious case of the sads right now. They really wanted this guy to be beat up because he's black and gay. That's the most disgusting part. And of course, the media just jumped all over this. Jumped all over this. Blamed President Trump. Said, look, this racist orange president we have, you know, he's dog whistling all these racist things, blah, 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 blah. You know, there's... It's basically like the KKK, just patrolling the streets of Chicago, beating up blacks and gays, and it's all Donald Trump's fault. What was all bullshit? It was a complete lie, and the media is pissed. They're very disappointed that this wasn't a hate crime. They're very disappointed that the KKK isn't more powerful. They're very disappointed that there aren't lynchings still going on, because if there were, they could use it to attack Republicans. They could use it to attack Trump. How sick and demented are the media, honestly? How disgusting are these people that they are dis- they're legitimately disappointed that a hate crime didn't take place? If you want to know why I believe the mainstream media is the enemy of the American people, look no further. The mainstream media is disappointed that Jesse Smollett was not a victim of a hate crime. What, one more thing before we move on from Jesse Smollett. The Covington Catholic school kids story was like three weeks ago okay if, if the if the media totally fucked something like this up once a year i guess you could you could give them the benefit of the doubt i suppose <laughs> but it's been three weeks it's been three weeks and they did it again they fell for a clearly fake story because it fit their narrative again the covington catholic story was three weeks ago and people in leftists in the media were like, okay, maybe we, maybe we should reel it in a little bit. We should wait for the facts. The next time they see a story that fits their narrative, they jump all over it and they don't wait for the facts. They, they cannot help themselves. These people are shameless. These people are absolutely terrible. But yeah, I'm not surprised. I, obviously, is anybody surprised that Jesse Smollett made this up? Look, if a story sounds too good to be true, it's too good to be true. Good Lord. Uh, all right, next question. This is from Jeffrey. Um, your thoughts on alternative funding mechanisms for the wall? Um, yeah, I mean, I already talked about the 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 national emergency that President Trump declared. I don't think that will be an effective funding mechanism. I could be wrong. This almost undoubtedly will go to the Supreme Court, and especially lately, you just never know how uh, how SCOTUS is going to rule on a lot of these cases. They, you know, there's a lot of I, I don't know they. It, could go either way. I, I would. I highly doubt that that's going to be an effective funding mechanism. The president could have used um, a clause. I believe it's in Title Ten. I want to say um, Ben Shapiro wrote an article over at Daily Wire on this. I definitely check it out. Check out Ben's analysis. It was 
uh, much more well thought out than what I can articulate right now. Um, but where he could have used a clause, I believe in Title 10, I, I, I forget the exact um, details, but it, basically where the president has authority to close uh, drug corridors, um, where they can prove that uh, there's certain areas of the border where drugs are coming over the border, he could legally uh, use that clause to secure those areas. So that would have been a good place to start. He didn't do that, though. He just declared a blanket state of emergency, which I, he should have used a specific clause like that to say, look, we need to close these drug corridors, make a very specific case that the courts can't really argue with, and then use DOD money or whatever to secure those drug corridors. I don't know how many miles of wall that would have been, you know, 10 or 50 or 100 or whatever, but I think that would have been um, a good start um, in a way that the courts couldn't really block it and he could at least get some portion of a wall built. He didn't do that, um, but he definitely should have. Um, aside from that, I don't really know. I, I, I don't... At, at this point... If, if you're somebody who, look, I, I, walls work. Look at the wall around Israel. I'm not opposed to a wall in our southern border. Uh, the wall around Israel basically uh, reduced illegal immigration to zero. So <laughs> if you look at illegal immigration into San Diego, California, pre- and post-wall, um, I think it's, it's down 60% or something like that. Obviously, I, I, the wall isn't a huge issue for me, but you know, I would support the building of some kind of structure on the border. But I think... If you're somebody who really values that, that's a big issue for you. I think the only way you're getting a wall built is if, well, obviously, one, Trump needs to get reelected, and two, uh, Republicans need to retake the House and need to pick up, like, I don't know, four or five seats in the Senate. We have 53 uh, senators right now, Republican senators right now. I, you, that number would have to be at least 56, 57, because um, you're only going to peel off three or four Democrats. You're going to get Joe Manchin. You're going to get... You know, maybe Doug Jones, maybe Kirsten Cinema, who's actually hasn't been that disappointing for a Democrat so far. The freshman senator from Arizona, she seems open to negotiating with Trump on, on wall issues and stuff like that. So you'd be able to peel off a, a few, but you obviously need 60 votes in the Senate. Um, <laughs> at least 56, 57 of them have to come from from Republicans. So I, I, I think the only way you're getting a wall built is if. Uh, GOP has a big night in November 2020. Um, here's from Todd. Uh, what do you think of Mike DeWine's proposed gas tyke, gas tax hike in Ohio? And uh, I will admit, um, I had not heard of this yet. Obviously, Mike DeWine, the governor of my great state of Ohio, um, I had not heard that he was considering this, so I had, to, I had to Google it. I had to look it up, man. So this is from the Columbus Dispatch. Um, apparently, I, I'm not. it's a long article, so I'm just going to paraphrase, but... Um, it wasn't the governor has not proposed a gas tax hike yet. Um, he appointed an advisory commission to take a look at the uh, upcoming um, budget short of shortage. We're looking at a projected one billion dollar annual revenue shortfall um, for the state's transportation department over the next decade. So, uh, yeah, the, the transportation department is underfunded. Um, they're looking at ways to fund it. Um, Ohio already already has a 28 cent uh a gallon gas tax, which is kind of middle of the road. I think uh, in California, it's like 45 cents, something like that. In New York, it's quite high as well. Um, There's other states with much higher gas taxes than we have. Um, But um, yeah, there's a commission looking at it right now, trying to figure out how to fund the transportation department. Um, So far, Mark DeWine's been uh, noncommittal on what he would be asking for, what he would be asking 
uh, the legislature to to vote on. Um, but I guess that's in the in the cards. There there could be a gas tax. I really hope that doesn't happen. I mean, look, like gas taxes used to be like an effective way of um, you know funding projects and stuff like that on a temporary basis, and they kind of became permanent. Um, obviously, I, I'm no fan of any taxation, but um, something like a gas tax. You know, seems like a more it's it, it anything's more moral than an income tax, right? Because you at least choose to spend your money on what you spend your money on. So it's you're being taxed on consumption, not income. But uh, ga- I mean, gas taxes just aren't as effective anymore. I mean, vehicles get way better gas mileage than they used to, right? I mean, a lot of people drive electric electric cars. I mean, you see a lot of Teslas and stuff like that. You know, and and I mean, my car, I have a Honda Civic. I get thirty miles a gallon. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not my old pickup truck that got twelve. You know, it's not the band van that gets eight with a fully loaded trailer. You know what I mean? Like, states just aren't making uh, as much income revenue from these gas taxes as they used to, and uh, and uh, hopefully they just stop spending as much money. Hopefully they don't move on to something else to tax on a temporary basis or whatever. Hopefully they just learn how to balance their budget. That would be optimal. But um, yeah, it's looking like uh, your boy here in Ohio may. Uh, oof, I might be hit with a gas tax. That would absolutely suck, uh, especially because uh, you know I, I drive for you know Uber and Lyft and stuff like that to uh, uh, make some extra cash. So um, hashtag subscribe to the podcast and. Uh, help me get more sponsors so I don't have to do that anymore. But <laughs> tell your friends, you know, let's get these let's get these download numbers up so I can stop driving for Uber, fam. All right, but anyway, uh, yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen. But it's looking like Dewine is seriously considering a a hike in the state gas tax. That that sucks. And uh, God, <laughs> okay, there's always there's always there's always sports related questions for some reason, which is fine. I'll answer them. This one's this is from uh one of my favorite uh, parody accounts. Uh, this is from Troll Basement. Damn it, Troll Basement! You're just, you are just the worst, my friend. <laughs> What's your thoughts on the AAF, which is of course the new football league alliance of American football? Plus, how handsome is Tom Brady? One, fuck Tom Brady. That's all I have to say about that. Two, uh, I haven't watched any of these games yet. Apparently, they've been pretty entertaining, though. The AAF. I haven't, I haven't checked it out yet. But uh, you know, it doesn't like compete with the NFL. Like I. I Apparently, you know, the seasons are just going to start right after the Super Bowl, right after the NFL season uh, is over, you know, give people a, a fix of some more football so they don't have to wait till till September. So, I mean, I'm cool with that. Like, more football is better. I'm a big football fan. And, hey, man, I mean, like, uh, I saw that uh, Logan Woodside, who is a home co- hometown Toledo guy, he was the quarterback at University of Toledo, and I think he went undrafted, signed with the Bengals, and then got cut in the preseason, something like that. Like, he was a really good college quarterback here in the MAC, but he couldn't hack it in the NFL. And, you know, he's the starting quarterback for one of these teams. He's getting paid, you know, I don't know, however much it is, hundreds of thousands of dollars probably. So, hey, man, you know, if these athletes can, uh, you know, make a living, provide for their families, you know, doing what they love, playing football instead of, you know, working at Sears. I mean, hey, man, I, I'm i all about that. <laughs> you know, I'm all about, you know, athletes being able to make a living playing sports as opposed to, you know, if you can't make a 53-man roster in the NFL, you're, you're kind of done with football. So, hey, man, if more of these guys can make a living, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, this one from Justin. Do you think I'll see the Pacers, <laughs> the Indiana Pacers, win a title before I die? Uh, side note, I'm 32. Um, I don't know. Before you die, I mean, you could live to be 120. That's what the Bible says. Um, a man can live to be 120. So, um, I don't know. Could happen. I mean, you know. 
80 years from now, are the Pacers going to be good? Yeah, but I don't know. Could be. I mean, they're not going to win in the next 10 years. I mean, the the NBA is – I don't even watch the NBA until the playoffs because we all know what's going to happen in the regular season. There's like five or six good teams, a bunch of shit teams, and it's just not even entertaining until the playoffs, man. And, you know, there's only a couple teams that could win a title every year. And that's why, like, that you know, the NFL is just so much better than the NBA right now. And, and Major League Baseball is way better than the NBA right now because any year – anybody can win a championship. I mean, there's like 12 teams that could win the Super Bowl next year. From the AFC, like the Steelers could win, the Pats, the Chiefs, the Chargers. I mean, the Colts could win. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's the NFC, the Bears could win, the Cowboys, the Rams, the Saints, the Seahawks, you know, the Vikings could go on around. I mean, there's like 10 or 12 teams that could win the Super Bowl. They, everyone knows the the Warriors are going to win, right? And if it's not the Warriors, there's only a handful of other teams that could, like Rockets, Celtics, maybe, maybe the Raptors, and that's it, you know. So, and like, and they're all major markets, man. Like, I mean, Indiana's good, but I mean, they're you know they have Victor Oladipo. There, he's like their only All Star, and like Victor Oladipo isn't gonna be able to be able to recruit, K, you know, KD to come be his co-star in Indianapolis because it's not a major market. Nobody likes living in Indianapolis, and you know, it's just, it's tough. It's tough to recruit superstars to come play in, in, you know, Cleveland or in, you know, Orlando or in, or in Indy or, you know, so it's like, I don't know. They're not going to win anytime soon, but I don't know. If you live to be a hundred, you, you probably have a pretty decent chance eventually of them winning a title. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, look, I'm going to call it quits for today. I know that got really off the rails towards the end there. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I appreciate you guys. I love you. Uh, thanks for all the great feedback we've been getting. Uh, please keep please keep it up. Please retweet us. Share it on Facebook. Tell your friends about us. Help us get the word out. I really appreciate that. Love you guys. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.